Today's podcast is sponsored by McAllister's Deli in Carbondale. Be sure to stop by some of the best sweet tea in the Midwest, as well as many of their other delicious offerings from salads and sandwiches to spuds and much more. That's McAllister's Deli in Carbondale. Hey there, everybody. Good to have you back with us. Welcome back to Saluki Standards. This week's guest, Ian Walters of Saluki Baseball. One of the many athletes that had his or her season cut short due to the coronavirus in the spring. Uh, And, of course, there was a lot of season left to be played, but Ian was quickly putting together a a dark horse-type campaign for MVC Player of the Year, potentially. You look at some of his numbers, and he was in the top of the conference in on-base percentage. He was first in the conference in hits, first in the Valley in doubles, and first in the Valley in stolen bases. No, by the way, his batting average was 411, which was good for second in the league. So he was doing a lot of things, not just the best on the Saluki team, but uh, one of the best players in the conference through 18 games for SIU this year. So let's get to it. Here's Ian Walters, the Saluki infielder. How are you spending this time now that you you guys don't have a season to play? Uh, yeah, first off, thanks for having me, Connor. Uh, we're just basically staying in our apartment here in Carbondale. Me and my roommates are and. Um, one of my roommates, we've set up a, like a little garage gym thing. So, uh, we got a rack there with basically everything we can do in it. And then, um, basically we're just, we'll do that every day and then come out, hang out. We got, still have school to do. So we gotta, we gotta deal with homework and everything, get to keep up with our grades and, um, and then just hang out. We got a little grass area outside. We can, we can throw the baseball or play a little catch with the football that we got. So we're just trying to keep ourselves entertained, watch watch some Netflix, keep up on some Netflix shows. You know, <laughs> we were uh, we were joking before we got on the call about how you you guys might have to play a little sandlot ball now to keep sharp uh, with with what you have available. How close is it to you know what you could do if you you had access to the athletic facilities? Yeah, you know, uh, it's definitely not the same, but. We're just trying to make it, make what we can with anything that we have. We'll we'll play a catch out. Uh, we're right across from the Carbondale Middle School, so we can play catch in their parking lot, or we can even even go to the field sometimes and uh, throw the ball there. And then um, we can go hit hit at the field if we need to. And then um, one of my buddies, he's got a his dad has a building that we can go to, so. Um, we're keeping up on that end, so. You mentioned Netflix. What's uh, Are you a Tiger King guy? Uh, yeah, we actually watched that whole thing in about two days. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that that kept our interest pretty quick. Yeah. You, you guys aren't thinking about raising cats or anything? Big cats at your apartment, all right? Uh, absolutely not. <laughs> No, uh, no I, I got I got about I got about two episodes in. It's it's uh it's a weird experience, man. I don't know if I'm gonna get through it. It's crazy and it just gets more weird <laughs> as you go on with the show. Thinking about what what the the season getting cut short for you, I'm curious what you think it means for you individually. Uh, you know, you are off to to such a good start. You know, you're hitting 400. You had a, a long hitting streak. How much did you start thinking about? the prospect of, of maybe pursuing a pro career if if you're able to keep up what you're doing. Oh uh, yeah, that was that was always in the back of my mind. I was trying not to worry about it too much, you know. Uh, all I was trying to do was just 
uh, do all that I could to help the team win every single time we went out there. But, I mean, that thought was always there. And then I knew that I was I was doing well. And if I kept going, that I could give myself a chance, you know. Whenever the season got, got cut short and came to an end, it was kind of, kind of tough to think about, but I don't really know now. There were nine of you guys that were seniors hoping to, to close out your college career. What do you expect for, for the future? Do you expect to be back next year? Uh, yeah, for sure. I'll definitely be coming back. The the day that we had the meeting where uh, Coach Rhodes told us that we probably wouldn't have the rest of the season, but there was still a chance that um, the seniors could get a, another year of eligibility. Uh, he texted all of us and asked us if we were to get that year of eligibility, um, like what our plans would be if we'd want to come back. I said without a doubt because, I mean, that's definitely what I want to do. I want to come back and finish the season and get a full senior season. So, yeah, I'm definitely going to come back. Before we we get into the meat of some of the select standards here, I I got to ask you, being a, a Paducah guy, being from Paducah, Kentucky, Steve mm-hmm. Finley is from Paducah. He's an SIU legend, yep. of course, played nine years in the big leagues. Have you ever met him? I actually have not met him before. I mean, it'd be cool to, but his dad was actually uh, my dad's uh, driving instructor. Like when he took driving classes, because my dad went to the same high school that Steve Finley did, and uh, my dad took driving lessons from him. So I've never met him, but that'd be really cool to someday, though. Everybody knows who he is. He's got a Texas Roadhouse, has his picture painted up there with him, and there's a golfer, a pro golfer from Paducah. I can't remember the name, but it's them two up there. And So, yeah, he's his name's pretty big in Paducah. Who were some of the people early on in your life that, that you looked up to? Um, definitely my parents. They had a they had a huge impact in my life. They were always very supportive of me. Anything I did, um, they were 100 percent behind me, and they never they never really pushed me. I mean, they pushed me, but they never really pushed me over the edge to where I'd be burnt out of anything. Um, whatever any kind of any kind of decision that had to be made, they let me know that it was 100 percent my choice, and uh, they would have my back throughout the whole way. So, um, yeah, in that aspect, they're definitely number one. And then um, my brother, he was always the greatest role model, role model for me. He played throughout high school. He played baseball, and he was a great athlete, and I always wanted to be like him. He always included me in everything that he did with uh, with anything that he was doing. So he, uh, he was a great role model and uh, kept me in line, and he, he was just a great friend to me. So there's some yeah. tough love with him being your older brother? Uh, honestly, people ask me that, and the honest truth is not really. He was he. We never really fought very much. We never really uh, got angry with each other. I mean, there was a few times like we might have got annoyed or something, but as far as uh, for the most part, he was always really good with me, and uh, he never he never uh, like had any big fights with me. Like you you hear about a, a lot of brother relationships having. So he was always super good with me. I was going to say, are you sure you guys are brothers? You guys didn't fight at all? <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, there would be – I mean, you could pick out a few times where we would have a little, a few little arguments, but, I mean, he was always really good with me. And That's impressive. How much uh, How much yeah. baseball did you learn from, from your brother Forrest? Oh, a ton. We would always – he was uh, he was six years older than me. We In our neighborhood when I grew up, it was uh, – we we had some buddies around the neighborhood that were all around our age, so we would uh, we would always play baseball out in the out in the yard, and he would always show me these 
tips and stuff and he'd always uh he'd definitely always try to challenge me he would throw as hard as he could to me and I mean that that got me better as a little kid so yeah everything baseball wise I was he was always right there with me and always uh always helping me out him being six years older than you was there a point where you feel like you caught up to him physically and were able to to kind of hang with him not really when I was younger he he was in high school when I was still in elementary school so I was close to close to what he was but like with the age difference I never never got up to him but I don't know I feel like I could hang with him pretty well right now because he's been out of baseball for about 12 years so so you're you're the big brother in baseball now yeah I'd have to say so (laughs) you mentioned your parents who are you more similar to your mom or your dad I get my uh my sense of humor definitely from my dad he he loves to laugh and loves to laugh at stupid things just like I do and we're pretty goofy but my mom she's real tender-hearted and I mean I know it sounds kind of weird but I got a tender spot in my heart so uh <laughs> I guess I guess I can separate them that way that's good they balance you out right yeah exactly you know your your, your mom and your dad both having kind of a, an equal influence on you uh personality wise what about with baseball what, uh, you know how have you taken you know lessons from both your mom and your dad and applied it to the game you're playing uh my dad was always he I mean he grew up playing baseball so he uh he was always there with me during baseball, like going to baseball practice, games and stuff. My mom was always there, but she kind of, she didn't really know that much about the game. She's starting to learn a little bit more now, now that I'm in college. But uh, uh, my dad, he would he would give me a bunch of tips and stuff. But like I said, he was never that dad in the stands that would be yelling at me from the stands and trying to coach me from the stands. He was always very supportive, and after every game, he would. He would never pick out the wrong things that I was doing. He would always tell me, you know, how proud he was of me and all the good things that I did. So so that that really helped me out and helped me to stay confident in myself and everything when it came to sports. Do you remember when they introduced you to baseball for the first time? I was, pro- I was playing, like, catch outside probably when I was, like, three years old because especially with my brother being so much older than me and he was, he was already playing t-ball or whatever. I would be out in the driveway with him and my dad, uh, just playing with the baseball and doing everything, probably two or three years old. In your college career overall, really, you've adapted to, to new leadership, you know, each of the last three years from Ren Lake to, you know, being with Coach Henderson, now to being with Coach Rhodes. What's, what's been the biggest challenge for you? And, you know, you, you've, you've had three head coaches in, in three years now. I mean, when you get to this age and this this uh, level of, of baseball, especially if you often play summer ball too, you're going to have a lot of different coaches. And the route that I took going JUCO first and then coming here, I've had uh, multiple different coaches. And uh, basically the biggest thing is just trust and trusting in what what they're doing and what their plans are for you. Uh, you just got to know that they want the, the most success for, for you. And um, just to have that trust in them and know that, uh, whatever happens, that they're looking out for your best interest, and yeah, that's basically how I've looked at it the whole way through. How did uh, how do you think you earned Coach Rhodes' trust early on when when he took over and got the job? I mean, it was pretty easy. He was he was uh, he let it known that he wanted to gain our trust and uh, gain our respect. But I mean, coming in, we all knew he was going to be a good coach with the success he's had in the past as assistant coaches at good schools. 
So we all knew that he was going to be a, a really good coach, and just listening to him and watching how he manages the game and everything, it was pretty evident at the beginning that we knew that he was uh, the right person for us, and he's going to make us a, a really good program. What do you want to do with, with all that knowledge? What do you think you'll end up doing with your life when baseball's over? Um, to be honest with you, I'm not exactly sure. I'm in sport administration, so there's a lot of different areas I can go in with that. I would like to stay in the sports uh, in the sports world, maybe an athletic director somewhere down the line or a coach somewhere down the line or something like that. That'd, I'd really like to do that. But as of something specific right now, I'm, uh, I haven't really thought about it. A quick break from Ian Walters. Did you know that Southern Illinois University awards students $10 million annually in scholarships, has test-optional admission, and in-state tuition for all U.S. residents. SIU offers hands-on, career-focused learning in every major, which are supported by internships and community service and the potential for study abroad and more. Southern Illinois has faculty who bring real-world experience to the classroom and the classroom into the real world. See what SIU can do for you at the next open house. Registration and info at siu.edu slash open house. Exploring options. That's a Saluki. Now back to Ian Walters. Let's uh, let's move on to the, the toughness uh, portion here. Who's the uh, who's the toughest person that you know and why? One of my assistant coaches at Wren Lake, I would have to say his name was Larry. He was about say fifty years old or so, and he um, he has Parkinson's disease. He he had his really good days, and then he you could tell he was struggling other days. But he would always come to the field. And he would have a really good attitude with him. And he was a former uh, vet, so he would always come there and he would do push-ups and he would run laps around the poles while we were taking BP. And you could tell that uh, some days he wasn't feeling the greatest, but he would always he would always try to create positive conversations with you and just bring his best attitude to the team. And um, you could tell that he was just trying to stay as positive as, as he could, even while feeling Feeling a little low some days. How much did you pick his mind? Did you get a chance to talk with him one-on-one much? Yeah, I tried to because he used to be the coach at Rim Lake, and I would try to get at him sometimes and just uh, get his thoughts of everything. And he was very, very intelligent. And did he tell you any war stories? Uh, yeah, he he did tell us about some stuff when he was uh, like flying out of planes and stuff because he was. Uh, that's what his thing was he would fly out of planes and he would he would tell some cool stories of that and then even when he was when he was coaching here or coaching at Rim Lake uh every time they would start a start the series against uh John A. Logan he would uh jump out of a plane and land on second base uh before every opening series game so I mean I thought that was cool he had he had some good stories about that (laughs) Seriously? Yeah. Wow. No kidding. Yeah, you gotta get you gotta get somebody on the SIU staff to do that. Yeah, I know. Want to want to talk about your your time in junior college a little bit. Um, you know, you you hear stories about the the JUCO grind of you know maybe driving in vans or uh, you know oh, yeah. staying staying in cramped motels and stuff like that. Uh, what was the the most difficult or most Juco like grind story that you have from your time at Ren Lake. Yeah, those those things definitely explain it. You know, driving in fifteen passenger vans with eighteen people in them, so you got people laying across the floor and then getting uh, 
four dollar uh four dollar limits at mcdonald's after the game you know <laughs> i wouldn't i wouldn't trade that for anything because those things those things definitely made me tougher i can't really pick out the anything like the hardest thing they're i mean they're all pretty pretty tough is is there a field you remember playing on that uh was was particularly horrible well i mean the grass it doesn't have the greatest fields you know wabash probably one of the best teams in the country and probably the worst field in the country. They had a they had a power line going through right field, uh craters everywhere in the outfield. SIC, I mean they had a bunch of bunch of rocks in their infield and clumps of dirt and it was always fun to play infield there. So could the ball hit the power line in right field that you're talking about? I never saw one in a game or during B P but I've seen a few close when we were hitting hitting B P before games. Uh some got very close, so I'm sure somebody's done it before. Is it so it's in play? It goes Right through right field. I'll tell you about the right field fence. It hangs over. So what's the ruling on that? I mean, is there is there some sort of ground rule if it hits that thing? Uh, I don't remember because nothing came in play with that. But I don't think I don't think there's anything like I, I'm pretty sure it just stays in play whenever it happens. You just got to mm. field it. Like a roof ball at the Metrodome or something. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. For you, why didn't the D1 dream happen right away? Oh, uh, actually, in high school, I only had two JUCO offers and. Um, Ren Lake was one of them. I mean, to be honest with you, I just wasn't like mature physically. I was a lot smaller than what I am now. I was a really good ba- baseball player, but I just wasn't there yet. You know, I wasn't there to be able to go to a Division One school. And so I knew what I had to do whenever I went to JUCO. My first semester there, I knew that I was going to have to gain some weight, and I ended up gaining like 14 pounds or something like that, 14, 15 pounds. And uh, that was the first step that I needed to take. And then working harder and harder on the baseball side of things, too, and I just kept getting better. And that's what I really needed. I I just I needed those two years of um, getting called at bats. And even though JUCO is – we faced a lot of good pitchers. Those are some of the guys that they can get drafted, but they just don't have the grades to go to Division One. We faced a lot of good pitchers at JUCO, and it definitely got me ready to come here because there's there's no shot probably I could come out as a freshman be able to play here. So those two years of JUCO really helped out for me. You said you gained 14 pounds. You must have uh, really been paying attention if you had it down to the exact pound, huh? Oh, yeah. I was definitely, uh, definitely on it the whole time. I... Uh, yeah, I wanted to get around that 15-pound mark by my first semester, and I could never get to the 15 pounds, so I got I got that 14 though. But that was still that was still good for me. One of those where it takes a couple of months to gain 14 pounds, but a couple of years to gain the 15th. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the the weight training program was part of that, putting on some muscle. But what do you have to eat to to put on those 14 pounds? Uh, well, honestly, uh, back then I wasn't very. Uh, intelligent about eating i mean i I eat a a lot healthier now so basically i was just eating whatever is put in front of me (laughs) uh i'd I'd eat a bunch of like i did eat a lot of pasta but probably more than what you're supposed to eat and i had a lot of food but some of it might not have been the right food but i just kept eating and kept eating and kept eating to to keep that weight on talking your your crushing boxes of elvita mac and cheese that sort of eating oh yeah absolutely Uh, what about now? You put on some weight since you've been at SIU, right? Yeah, for sure I have. Yeah, I've gained about probably 10 pounds or so since I've gotten here, and I've been smarter eating. I have, like, ground turkey and rice about every day for lunch, and then um, at night I'll have chicken and veggies or some kind of pasta or something, but I try to I try to stay healthier and just keep away from the from the bad food. Yeah, how how tough that to, to not just splurge uh, out on, I don't know. You know, I... 
sour cream no, onion I love, chips. Yeah, I, I love good tasting food, so it's pretty difficult sometimes. <laughs> and I'm not saying I ever eat anything bad. There's there's times where I'll I'll find something that looks good and you know I'll eat it, but uh, for the most part, I try to stay pretty pretty disciplined in that area. You uh, you yeah. live with some of the guys. Who's the who's the chef, or do you guys all? Cook for yourselves. We all we all cook for ourselves. They they helped me out at the beginning because I never really cooked much at JUCO. I just go get things or get frozen meals or something. But yeah, this year we all just cook for ourselves basically. And you told me you you only had two JUCO offers. No Division one schools were looking at you. How much did you carry an edge with you once you you got a college opportunity that no Division ones wanted you? Oh yeah, that definitely. That definitely drove me, and that definitely gave me a it gave me a push, you know, to uh, try to get get as good as I possibly could while I was at JUCO, so I could get that opportunity. And luckily, SIU liked me whenever my sophomore year hit, and I got that opportunity. And I'm just trying to make the most of it. What's the toughest play you've ever made defensively? The toughest play? I mean, obviously, probably the one that made Sports Center last year, the the diving play at third base, and then to make the throw. I mean, I I probably made that play a few times in practice before but in a game situation like that and it was a little wet that night so the ball was a little slick but yeah that was probably a pretty tough play for me i was gonna ask you about that one when when did you see that it had gone viral and gotten on sports center uh actually i wasn't the one that saw it i was i was sitting on my phone in bed and i was about to put it up and go to sleep and then my mom called me and uh she told me that they just saw me on sports center i was like you got to be kidding me like there's no shot and then and then uh, she sent me a video of it, and then and then I looked on Twitter, and it was on the on the baseball Twitter account, and and then it just started blowing up. So it doesn't sound like you had any expectation of it being on Sports Center, but when when you make a play like that, you get up, you throw the guy out. Is there something that goes off in your head? It's like, man, that was a special play. Like that that's that's different than some of the plays I've made in the past. <laughs> Yeah, that went through, that went through my mind actually, and then some of the guys were saying that there was a chance because uh, that game was, sure, it was on TV that night on ESPN Plus or whatever. They were saying there's a chance, and I was like, no, nah, there's no shot, uh, and it ended up it was. So yeah, it was pretty cool. Once it started circulating late that night, early the next morning, what was the uh, what was the coolest? text or call that you got outside of your mom? I probably probably have to say uh, some of my buddies that I went to high school with, uh, they go to Murray State now. They they FaceTimed me that night, and they are just real excited. And We actually grew up playing Little League together, so that was pretty cool to see, to see them get in touch with me, and they were all on the phone together with me, so... That was that was really special. Let's uh, let's move on to the last part here. Doesn't have to be baseball. Doesn't necessarily have to be sports. But what's the last championship you've won? What's the last time you finished first in something? I had a lot of second place finishes, which kind of sucks. It was after my freshman year of high school. I was playing uh, junior legion ball, and we won the state championship that summer. So in high school, we would get first in district and regional and stuff but we never won a state championship do you uh do you dog file for a district championship uh no we never did for district we did for regionals to move on to state but uh we never got that state dog pile yeah 2016 right you guys go to the final four in high school yeah yep, what's uh what's your best memory from that run as a school we had only been a school for three years and we had been to state the first two years but we had never we had lost first round both games so definitely that first win that we got was the best memory because we'd all we'd all been really disappointed those first two years and it really sucked and then 
to finally get that first win under our belt, that was that was a really good memory. And then we went on to win that second game, and we had it rolling, and then uh, couldn't make it past the third game. Uh, you mentioned there was a dog pile when you guys. Uh, won the regionals. Uh, where where did you find yourself on that dog pot? Were you were you in the middle? Uh, was, were you at the bottom yeah, I somewhere? Pretty, I was pretty close to the bottom because I was playing infield for those games. So yeah, I'd always get there pretty soon and get get on the bottom. But at the time, it's not really that bad because you're just screaming out random stuff and just <laughs> just yelling, having a good time. So it's not really that bad. When you got a drum, you don't care if there are 350 pounds on top of you. Yeah, yeah. If you, and if you break the phone, you you won't be able to tell them. So. Uh, you know, I, I know one of the things you guys were working toward this year was, you know, a chance to host the Missouri Valley Conference tournament. And mm-hmm. you know, obviously, would have been neat with Coach Rhodes being in his first year and and you guys hosting to to turn it around and, and win the championship. What were some of the things that? that you had as far as your vision for what that would feel like if that did come true. Yeah, that that's what we all looked forward to. We all looked forward to being able to play the last game uh, last game here at our home field and dogpiling that, that last out. That was everyone's goal and everyone's vision. Once we got the season rolling and we started getting a lot of momentum, we, we definitely got that confidence and we knew that we, if we were going to do it like this year, it could happen. But um no, that was definitely our number one goal, and then just to move forward and um, keep everything rolling. But yeah, it definitely sucks that we can't we can't do that now. But we had a lot of confidence in ourselves that we could have made that happen.